Welcome to Rochambeau, the podcast about unique competitions and the extraordinary competitors that make them happen. I'm Kim. And I'm Ted. And thanks for joining us. This is our fourth episode. Did you get a chance to hear the last one? It was about the Kinetic Grand Championship race in Humboldt County, California. If you missed it, go back and give it a listen. And I would recommend you use CastBox. Rochambeau is supported by CastBox. It's a fantastic app that makes it really easy to search for your new favorite podcast. That's right. It's really intuitive. We love it. And we encourage you guys to check it out. But now, today's episode. Gurning. Sort of push my face out. Take my top dentures out. And I turn my bottom dentures upside down. My bottom jaw, I push out as far as I can. And roll your bottom lip over your nose. Okay, I'll start us off by pulling a face. Okay, so what Ted means by pulling a face, what he's doing right now is, well, you're looking pretty ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. His cheeks are all puffed out. His eyes are crossed. He's got his tongue hanging out to the side. It's, it's, this is not a good look, but it is the art of gurning. Thank you for saying that was not a good look. (laughs) I don't want to have to do that ever again, because that kind of hurt. Apparently, I need less teeth. Maybe you do, actually. We can get to that in a minute. But for now, Ted, what is gurning? Okay. Gurning is a competition based around what some people call grimacing or pulling a face. And the goal is to try and make your face look as ugly or ridiculous as possible. Basically, it's making a funny face. Funny, hideous face. A funny, hideous face. The most hideous face you can make from your face. The World Gurning Championship takes place each year in England during the Ergmont Crab Fair. The fair is a local celebration that includes music, food, fun, and of course, gurning. We caught up with Stephen Foster, the chairman of the World Gurning Championship. He told us that gurning has been around for a really, really, really long time. Well, we know that the Crab Fair itself, that was the whole thing, not just the gurning, uh, started in 1267 by Royal Charter uh, from King Henry II. And so this is a special year for us. This is our 750th anniversary, so we're making the most of it. Yeah. 1267, that is a really, really long time ago. Uh-huh. All right, what is going on in 1267? 1267 is the Middle Ages. It's medieval times. It's during the Crusades. That's like the time Marco Polo, remember him? That's when he started <laughs> on his adventure. It's before the fall of Constantinople. It's before the Renaissance period. They had time to sit around the fields outside of the castle and make funny faces i guess they did i guess they did and if you look up 1267 or what are the major events of the 1200s gurning is actually one of them so it's been around for a really 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 long time (laughs) (laughs) so like the things that have been around forever are wars famine and gurning (laughs) that's right it is so hard to imagine 750 years of anything nonetheless 750 years of people making silly faces and if you look at the history on gurning it's murky at best but there's a couple of different versions that stand out one story is that gurning was originally a competition of who could mock the village idiot the best man which seems so so cruel right those guys have it rough anyway exactly or or girls i suppose Uh, yeah don't you hold women down (laughs) girl can be the village idiot (laughs) that's right another story ties in the uk's history with tobacco according to the gurning explained website that's a thing okay (laughs) it said that in rural areas people used to go to the seaports in hopes of catching tobacco merchants attention and getting a free pinch of tobacco they would look at the merchants and grin they called it grinning for (laughs) backa 
And often merchants would reward their grinning faces with sweet, sweet tobacco. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, as time passed, these tobacco enthusiasts aged a little roughly. Maybe they lost some teeth. They got some extra wrinkles, you know, typical right. stuff. Right. So this particular version of the history of grinning goes that the people who grin for tobacco started to compete with each other to see who can make the strangest or silliest grin and get the most free snuff. And eventually, time changed the word grin to gurn. That is hilarious. Yeah. All right. And then fast forward 750 years and gurning is still going strong. And each year they crown a world champion. So I guess this would be a good time to ask, just how does someone become the world champion gurner? The contest is judged by the extent to which the person's face changes. So basically, we always say that if you start ugly and get a tiny little bit uglier, then it doesn't count as much as somebody who starts good and ends up ugly. So once again, good-looking people have the advantage. <laughs> that does not seem fair. <laughs> no, it does not. No. All right. Well, let's go to the competition now. Okay. So picture this. The World Gurning Championship takes place in a hall that fits about 600 people. People come from all over the world for the competition, but mostly they're coming from England. There's five independent judges and hundreds of people waiting to compete. There's so many divisions in gurning. There's a juniors, a women's, a seniors, and of course, there's those competing for the title of world champion. So when competitors get up on the stage to compete, rule number one. They have to stick their head through a large horse's collar or braffin to qualify. <laughs> I mean, I think putting your head through a horse's collar is going to make you make a funny face. <laughs> I agree. Possibly. But let me get this straight. You get up on stage. The announcer calls you up. Lights dim. You look out over the hundreds, thousands of people staring up at you. A man walks up, puts a horse collar over your head, and then you just make a face? Yep, just make a face. And then once your head is through this horse collar uh -huh. or braffin, rule number two, you can't use your hands anymore to assist yourself in pulling or making your funny face. Uh -huh. So, Ted, <laughs> braffin <laughs> is definitely the oddest part of this already odd competition to me. Uh -huh. And when we asked folks why they use the braffin, here's what we got a lot of. Well, nobody can really remember. Uh, it, uh, it predates living memory. So does anybody actually know why they use it? I'm honestly not sure, but we did get a good story out of 38-time competitor Gordon Blacklock. Well, the origin is a farmer and his wife had been to market and had sold a horse. So after they'd sold the horse, they were on their way back home and the farmer was carrying the braffin. Well, the farmer's wife was giving the farmer earache. She was nagging at him. So he just stood and he said, he put the collar over her head and said, stop your gurning. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, oh, the, the old yammering farmer's wife bed. Oh, boy. So for 750 years, they've been making jokes about wives talking too much? Yeah, I guess oh, so. Man. Well, Gordon would know. He started gurning 38 years ago and has won or placed many times over the years. Gurning has allowed him to travel all over the world and even made him a little bit famous. You may know him as the bitter beer face guy. Yes, I was once in Santa Monica, and I done three commercials for Coors Light. Uh, one of the uh, WWW wrestlers was in it in one of the uh, commercials. Two guys were playing pool, and one of them broke off, hit the balls, and the white ball went over the table and landed in some lady's soup. And the guy who was the wrestler was Goldberg. He stood up and said, what are you going to do about this? And 
all of a sudden we had the guy spinning and after it stopped it showed my face gurning and it just sat back down again. My name's Gordon Blacklock. Uh, I entered when I was 32 years of age and uh, yeah, this year It'll be my 38th consecutive year. I've never missed one since I started entering. There was once I was on holiday down in uh, Yorkshire and we'd gone to this club. One of my friends had said, you fancy pulling your face in here? And as I started to pull my face, there was a young lady with a tray full of empty glasses heading back to the bar, and she seen me, and she just dropped the tray. <laughs> well, I, I, I tailed it out of there, and I thought, I'm not getting the blame for this. <laughs> <laughs> I love that story. You know, I can honestly say my face has never caused anybody to drop a tray of glasses. <laughs> For that, I'm thankful. No doubt. But Gordon is not the only famous gurner, or maybe not even the most famous. It's not like he's met Jay Leno. He has an enormous head. Or, you know, it's not like he met the Queen of England. So that was amazing, really. I mean, to meet the Queen and actually shake her hand and speak with her was um, probably one of the best things ever, really. That's come out of my gurning, really. Yes, yeah, so my name's Tommy Mattinson, and I've been going in the World Championship since about... 1984, I think. I was a guest on the JLNO show. That was awesome. You know what I mean? How did he, he's got a funny face all the time. He has, JLNO. He come in my dressing room and uh, come and had a crack with me, like a, um, a talk with me, we call it a crack, but he come and had a talk with me and just quite chilled out. And he's not just been disrespectful to him, but he has an enormous head. He does. And he said, he even said, because I had the horse collar with me. Oh, cool. And he said... And he said, I won't get my head through that because his head is really, really big. (laughs) So real quickly here, we're saying that Jay Leno's head is larger than a horse's head. Wow. Yeah, this is the type of investigative journalism that we do here at Rochambeau. (laughs) Serious stuff. All right. Well, enough about our fabulous reporting skills. Let's get back to Tommy Maddinson. Tommy has tried a bunch of faces over the years, but it doesn't come easily. It actually takes a good bit of training. I can pull a few different faces, but the one that I've won the championship with the most is the one that I, I tend to stick with that face. I always call it the wolf because I sort of push my face out. So I sort of took it out. There's a movie called American Werewolf in London. Sure. And I sort of took it off that way. The sort of the front of the face pushes outward. Um, so that, yeah, that, so I always call it the wolf. Usually before a week, before the World Championship, I'll start um, start to limber it up because, believe it or not, like any muscle in your body, if you haven't been doing it for a bit, say if I practice tonight, my neck and all around my face and jawbone, cheeks, everything will be really, really hurting. Same as when you exercise anything. Tommy first learned about the gurning competition when his father started bringing home his own World Championship trophies. My dad... Um, was coming home each year with a trophy and uh, when I was younger and, um, and he told me it was for winning the gurning which was pulling me, pulling the face and that's what got me into gurning because uh, my father was a, uh, a world champion. Dad doesn't go in it anymore now uh, but uh, he won it he won it 10 times. Amazing. Your father must be so proud. Yeah, it's been, been, been a good run. So between us we've had like 26 times we've won it. But I'm not the champion at the moment. Someone else won it last year. So that's got to happen sometimes. You know, I I understand that. That's quite the family legacy there. Indeed. But like you said, he is not the current champion. Right. So that brings us to Adrian. My name is Adrian Vivalonghi. I'm currently 
the number one world again champion, gone from a, a village idiot into uh, a world leader. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how much I love Adrian's laugh. Like there was a time when I was editing this episode that I just played his laugh over and over (laughs) and over again. And every time it just got me. This man is too funny. He is weird, Kim. I know. (laughs) You should see what I do with your voice. Oh, I don't want to know. Adrian is from Coventry. He drives about 500 miles to get to the competition each year. He is also half Italian and he is incredibly proud of being half Italian, so much so that he got a tattoo. Uh, around my belly button, I have a tattoo made in England by Italian recipe. <laughs> I can totally picture that tattoo, and I don't want to. <laughs> um, like Tommy, he's got one face he's perfected, but still thinks there's room for improvement. And you know how he could improve? Mm. He could lose some more teeth. Ah. It seems like people with fewer teeth may have an advantage in gurning. But I'm confused. Yeah. So attractive people... And people without teeth somehow have the advantage. Those don't gel up very well together, no. do they? Where's the crossover there? Uh-huh. Why do you think having less teeth is beneficial? I think it's because if you have less teeth, you probably have removable dentures. And mm. if you take out your dentures, then you're all gummy up there uh-huh. and you can probably contort your face a lot more. Aha. Uh-huh. So basically we're saying this is a competition that is skewed towards beautiful people who have a really good set of dentures. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and without teeth and dentures, you can also go from looking normal to looking abnormal a lot faster. I should get in a fight or uh, yeah, go to the dentist. But yeah, I need to lose more teeth before I can get more flexible. <laughs> So I've only got three on the top and about eight on the bottom. I had too many sweets when I was young. So tell me this. When did you first hear about gurney? So, so where I am, Coventry, it's not really a local sport. I didn't hear too much about it. But I do remember going to the dentist once and seeing a, a picture of a gurna. And that really fascinated me. I thought, wow. That was scary. <laughs> My dad used to take his teeth out and uh, we used to ask him to read from the newspaper. So because no teeth reading from the paper being Italian, it would be as close to gurning as I would uh, ever see. But if I can make people laugh, I would make us laugh. Ah, this is my sport. How ironic is that? He first learned from gurning from a picture in a dentist's office, and now he wants to lose more teeth to be a better gurner. That's insane. What type of dentist has a picture of gurners in their dentist's office? <laughs> that dentist knew what he inspired. Right. I, I don't think he would be pleased. I don't think that goes along with the doctor's do no harm oath. Right. So the, the molar of the story <laughs> <laughs> is don't put gurning pictures in your dentist's office. <laughs> I guess it was a scare tactic, but it certainly didn't work for Adrian. <laughs> no, it did not. So is there enough money in gurning to warrant losing your teeth or having them removed? No, there's not. There's not much prize money at all offered. But as Tommy explained, there is a really cool trophy. There's a trophy that you get each year if you win, uh, but that goes back the year after. That's, you know, like a memorial trophy. Uh, but then you get you get um, quite some nice trophies to keep if you win. And obviously someone will get the glory of being world champion. But it seems like mostly everyone we talked to said it's because they love it and it's a lot of fun. People travel from all over the country year after year because they they basically uh, acknowledge the uniqueness and uh, uh, you know they they all say well you know they've never come across anything like it anywhere else. Like for me, it's it's a way of life now. Once you've been there 
a few times. It becomes a way of life. And I can catch up with some old friends and some ugly faces. It's, it's like I always say, if us silly devils didn't enter these daft competitions, they would just die. And for something that's run, 750 years, you don't want to see it disappear. Very well said, guys. So, Ted, what do you think? Are you ready to knock out some teeth and get serious about this? Um, Not so much. <laughs> I like my teeth. Also, I'm a little worried I may be in the Jay Leno's head size category. No, no, you don't have an enormous <laughs> head like Jay Leno. Um, you do have an above average size head, <laughs> for sure. But that's just to hold your enormous brain. You say the nicest things, Kim. <laughs> well, this was a pretty great episode. I liked it. Um, I'm going to keep practicing my gurn. And listeners, you should, too. Yes, Ted, we should both take a picture of ourselves gurning and put it on the website. Oh, Lord. And then we should get our listeners to do the same. And listeners, just send that to Podcast at gmail.com. That would be awesome. And then we'll post them up on the website and we'll have a gallery or something and we can all look at each other being really silly. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And we want to take a second to thank everyone for being so generous with their time. Stephen, Gordon, Tommy, Adrian, thank you guys so much. It was a pleasure to talk to you and to hear your stories. So I also want to take a second to explain why 750 years ago, 1267 and 2018 don't really gel up perfectly. <laughs> I actually talked to all of these guys last year before the competition in September of 2017. I want to let you guys know that Adrian retained his title last year. Yo, Adrian. Woo! And they're all competing again this September at the Ergmont Crab Festival. And if you want some more information on that, go to ergmontcrabfair.com. That's E-G-R-E-M-O-N-T crabfair.com. And we'll also have a link on our website, which is rochambeaupodcast.com. Guys, the world is a big, beautiful, and sometimes strange place. We encourage all of you to get out there and try something new every chance you get. And if you find a unique competition that we don't know about, please reach out. We'd love to hear about it. All the music you hear on this podcast is courtesy of Atlanta jazz funk legends Cadillac Jones. If you're not familiar with them, you should be. Find them at CadillacJones.com and on Facebook and other social outlets. And if you see them coming to your town, get there. You will not regret it. Oh my gosh, they're so good live. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Please take a minute and subscribe to the podcast if you are enjoying it. And if you're so inclined, we'd love for you to post a review and to share it with a couple friends. You know what I like, Kim? What do you like, Ted? Drinking and spending money. <laughs> I have the perfect podcast for you. You do? I do. One of my buddies, Joel Larsgaard, has started a podcast with his really good friend, Matt, uh -huh. called Poor, P-O-U-R, uh -huh. not Poor. P-O-O-R. Correct. And they talk about craft beer and saving money. Sounds great. Drink well, think well. Oh, I love that. We should give that to them. Good. We just did. <laughs> Guys, it's a different type of financial podcast. It's not boring in the least. They have really, really good insights. Well, awesome. We need to check them out. Indeed. Poor, not poor. We'll have another episode coming for you soon. And man, oh man, it's a doozy. It's about one little race in one little town in Colorado. A town that just happens to be famous for one very frozen dead guy. Oh, this is going to be a good one. Yep. All right. Till next time, people. Goodbye. Goodbye.